Hey, I'm Gina Keefing, ex-classroom teacher turned mindset and business mentor. Not too long ago, overwhelm and stress was my norm. Now, I have created a life where I help entrepreneurial women create an unstoppable mindset and teach them how to grow and scale their own businesses, all while getting their own gifts out into the world and creating an impact. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast, where each week I bring you an inspiring person or message where we talk about all things life and business related, where our conversations are real, the information is inspiring, we have a splash of fun, we have lots of laughs, and we dive into life lessons and deep conversations about all the things. On today's episode, I talk with Crystal Anderson Bags. She is a marketing guru, she is a personal development junkie, and she is one of my oldest friends. We have the best conversation today, and we talk about authenticity. We talk about the importance of connection. We talk about how to become self-aware and how this can totally change your life. If you're looking for a little bit of inspiration, this is the episode for you. Go grab yourself a cup of tea, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, welcome, welcome, Crystal Anderson. I am super excited to have you on the show. Welcome. I'm so excited to be here. I can't think of a better way to start my day. Oh, the feeling is mutual. Um, I mean, I could get here and I can spew on about all of our history, everything we've been through, but can you just take a moment and introduce yourself to our listeners and let them know who you are? Sure. So I am Crystal Anderson Beggs and I am a mom. I am a marketer. I am an entrepreneur. I'm a personal development junkie. I'm a mental health advocate and all the things that come with that. So that in a nutshell, I'm a storyteller, but the way I tell stories is a very different way. So we can get into that if we want, but ultimately I help people tell their stories. That's really deep. We got deep real quick there. (laughs) I love it. And very hard. I always ask people in my family, like describe what I do during the day, like my day job and, and they fumble through it. So I've had to come up with a very succinct way on how to talk about it. And ultimately my day job is I do marketing for the agricultural industry. So it's my job to connect producers and consumers. And that comes in many different ways. No two days are the same. But I help people tell their stories. I help farmers tell their stories to engage with their consumers. And then in my side business, side hustle, whatever the term is now, I tell stories through my camera. Oh, and you take the most beautiful photos. And I love that you say that you tell stories because really, we all just want our story to be heard. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, it took a while for me to come up with that term for the simple fact it was hard to explain what it is that you do when you have a job that is very unique in the fact that a lot of people don't know our province as being somewhere that has a lot of farming. And I have found in doing very much a grassroots sort of a level of marketing with my producers and my clients is that telling their stories and connecting is really been beneficial for everybody involved and it really connects people. So at the end of the day, just connecting people through stories has been so beneficial to all of my clients, my day clients and my side clients. I love that. And I love that you use the word connection because I truly believe that as as human beings, it's one of our top needs is to feel connected to not only ourselves, but to other people. And I think it's beautiful that you do that for your clients. 
I had to do it for myself. And I think once mm-hmm. I started doing that myself, it helped provide some clarity on what it is that I do in my work. When I yeah. really sat down with myself and really to what did I want out of life and what was I, I searching for? And it was connection. And then once those words came into play, the clouds parted in a way for me. And transform your business and how you operate in your day job too. I think that's beautiful. Absolutely. The tagline for my uh, business, which is a photography business, is capturing precious moments. I love that. Obviously, you haven't been into um, your photography business forever. How did that happen? Like, How did you get involved in this side hustle? What started it? Actually, it was my day job. Um, so again, I do agricultural marketing and I was always trying to create ads for my employer as well as for the individual farmers. I would have a vision of the type of stock photos I wanted to use and how I wanted it to look. And then I could never find, um, those images in our past libraries or the only thing that would be available would be stock photos. And it wasn't of our fields. It wasn't of our food. I truly, truly believe authenticity over everything else in all aspects of life. So I couldn't get behind doing work for clients and then standing up next to that at a fall fair or a festival and a consumer coming up and asking me, what field is that? Or where did that product come from? And have these photos stand behind me and me just saying, well, that's just a stock photo. I really wanted that authenticity say, where I can say exactly what field that was, what farm that was, what time of year, because I had that connection to that photo. So I always wanted to create that authenticity. So in order to do that, I picked up a camera and I started doing that for my day job. And then I had the cutest little boy eight years ago. And then he just became a little model and it really started to become my therapy um, in a way of seeing beautiful things through my camera in times where I felt really dark and really heavy. Um, so starting to capture those moments of family and friends. And then people just started asking me to do their photos and it just snowballed from there. And I officially made Ruru Photography. This is after my son. Um, I do create nicknames for my loved ones, you being included. <laughs> I have called you G for 25, 30 years. Um, and we always called Riley Ruru and Crystal Anderson Bags Photography didn't roll off the tongue. <laughs> and I really wanted some separation in my life of my day yeah. job and my side hustle. Um, so I called it Ruru Photography four years ago. And I have been very blessed to take a lot of precious moments from weddings and graduations. I remember I did um, the first sermon. Um, for a minister, his first after he graduated, wow. I went down and I did his photos of his because he wanted that precious moment. So precious moments are whatever is special to the person. And that can come in many different forms. I absolutely love that. And I didn't know that you had such a diverse background in terms of your photography. And I love that, you know, how you came across this and then developed it into what it is today. I love that. But you said something that I think is so important in both life and in business, authenticity. And I love that you say it's one of your your biggest values in terms of how you live your life. And then Absolutely. how, you know, um, there's a quote. And as you were speaking, I was like, oh, I need to share that quote. And I don't know who said it. Maybe you do. Um, this is not my quote, but it's authenticity doesn't guarantee success, but it guarantees failure. 
Yeah, I, I have heard that quote before. Again, I don't know who said it, but as a personal development junkie, I've definitely come across that. <laughs> but yeah, no, it is a great one. And it's scary. Being yourself is scary because you're vulnerable. You're out there. You're not hiding behind a mask. And I did that, unfortunately, for a very, very, very long time. It makes me sad to think of how long. And there are still moments where I still hide behind a mask. And I think that because I'm an Enneagram 2, I'm a two wing three. So I do like to be the host and, and help and stuff like that. But like I had to really step out into my own. If I want clients to be authentic, whether they're my farming clients or even my photography clients, if I want them to be real in front of me, I need to be real with them. So I really focus Ooh. on creating a great customer experience and that connection. I'm going back to connection and authenticity. If I was to talk about my values, those are the two top for me. So I really work hard to get to know my clients. Even if it's just a mini session, I really try to have those connections and really make a fool of myself. If I got to sing and dance or anything to get a child or a grown man, because they're sometimes worse than the kids. <laughs> if, I got to, like, if I got to sing a TikTok song or something, or just ask them about themselves. Once you actually take the time to get to know your clients, they open up to you. And even with little kids, I always say to moms, because there's a lot of moms that just want that perfect image where they're looking straight at the camera. And I said, we can do that. But if I can get an authentic smile and they're not quite looking at me, but they're looking at you and you see that love, that to me is so much more than them staring at me with a fake smile. Like, let's just get them to enjoy themselves and we'll capture it in between. And there's there's times that clients are like, all I see is my kids having fun. Like, how are you getting anything? And then they get their galleries and they're like, I, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. There are some photographers out there that have a certain set of poses and everyone has their own way of doing business. And for me, it's really about the experience because at the end of the day, the photos change every year for birthdays and Christmas. They change every year, but the experience stays longer. Yeah. And that's what they remember. I love that. And I think that's really important for anybody who's listening, who is a business owner. You know, it's not trying to be what everybody else is being, but the more you can tap into your authentic self, it really allows you to succeed and set yourself apart from other people. And and I always say that, like, there's always a competitive advantage. So every business has that. And it could be your price. It could be your packages. It could be anything. And I focus on on the experience. And that's really what I focus on. I really want to, whether it's a bride and they're freaking out, I said, use me as a sounding board. Because when there's a wedding, families involved and giving their opinions, I'm like, run it by me. Use me as a sounding board so mm -hmm. that I can help you in making your day flow as good as possible. Because the better their day flows, the better my day flows. Right. Exactly. And the more comfortable they're going to be. And then I always sit down for a coffee with my brides. To again, break down those walls, uh -huh. really have authentic conversations, connect with them. So you're not going in cold the day of the wedding. There's going to be some people there you've never met before, but at the end of the day, you're there for the bride and the groom. Yeah. And I, there's only two times I say, I don't look at the bride. And that's when our father sees her for the first time. And when the groom sees her for the first time. Oh, that's so that. special. <laughs> and I have captured some really good crying faces on some men. And they're some of my favorites. Yeah. Um, well, but once again, it's real, it's authentic, it's in the moment, it's who they are, it's a raw emotion that even, exactly. you know, and before this call started, we talked about like emotion and, you know, sometimes it's deemed inappropriate in certain situations, but 
we're human beings and showing that emotion is really a gift, not something we should be hiding. And, and that's the thing. I'm passionate. Mm-hmm. And before I remember when we were young, I was always considered high strung. And that was a bad term. High strung, high strung. And now I look back at it and I look at it as given the education that I've given myself and it comes to personal development, I wouldn't classify that as high strung. I would classify that as ambition and passion. Yeah. It's so funny how labels can really hold us back, huh? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's all that I heard up until university was high strung, high strung. And it it was a dirty word. It was given a, a negative connotation. It felt negative. And now I look at that as my ambition and my passion coming through and really wanting to grow and succeed in life. And I've done a lot of great things in my last 37 years. And I have future plans as well. Still trying to figure them out because not to toot my own horn, but on that piece of paper that you write on when you're younger of what you want to accomplish in life, I've done it. I need to now dream bigger. Absolutely. But can we just go back for a second? I say we need to stop saying that, not to toot my own horn. I think we should change it to, I'm going to toot my own horn. <laughs> you know? Okay, toot toot. Like, <laughs> right? like you too, girl. <laughs> uh, right? I've been, uh, I got my bachelor's of commerce. I have an amazing high-level day job. I have successful business. I got my MBA online three years ago. So I've been able to do a lot of things. I got a great family. I got the house. I got all the things that on paper, what is supposed to be classified as a successful life, a good career, all those things. I've accomplished all that. So now it's, and that's probably one of the biggest struggles that I've had is what's next. Mm. Because to me, what I dreamt was big enough. But now here I am at 37 and say, no, I need to dream bigger. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think, um, you know, go back to that word high strong, instead of saying that, like we just said, high achiever, there's nothing wrong with being a high achiever. And I think somewhere along the lines, you know, we were given this cookie cutter of what we were supposed to do. And if we didn't fit that, uh, then that was failure. And if we filled a great box checked, no more. But I think it's time to smash those ceilings and be okay with, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go for more. And you know what? When I do that, I'm going to go more. It's just, making sure we don't attach our happiness to our goals rather than, no, I want to do this for me. I want to keep up leveling. I want to keep going to see how big I can go. My master's ultimately was for nobody else but me. That's awesome. It really was. It was for nobody else. Um, And then the second level of that is I wanted to show my son that you could accomplish your goals, even though, again, I was very busy at the time. Um, I had a four-year-old when I started. He's eight now. And I did it at night. I had a full-time job. I had just started the photography. I was going through a tough time in life Uh at the time, and I needed something good to focus on. So I said, enough's enough. I had put it off because it was, you know, how we do. It was never the right time to do this or this or this. And I put myself out there, and I did it for nobody else but myself. I needed an escape from what was negative going on in my life at the time, which was my parents' uh, divorce. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do something for me. And I really focused on that and and threw myself into that because it was something for nobody else but myself. Because again, it was on that piece of paper when I was younger, I wanted to get my master's and and I did it. And I got to walk across that stage 
pre-COVID in England <laughs> almost three years ago, which I can't believe how much time has gone past, but wow. it was such a worthwhile experience for myself. But at the same time, as worthwhile as it was, I'll never forget that the moment I put in my thesis for my master's and I clicked submit, I was like, is that it? Now what? Yeah. Now what? Now what? And then that is where I found personal development. After that, now what? It was like I needed to find my purpose. And that's when I found my way into personal development. And I love this story so much. So I remember chatting with you before you left to go on a trip to Toronto to a Rise <laughs> conference. And then I remember having a coffee with you at Bannerman Brewery when you got back. And the difference in you in that weekend, because I've been kind of like planting the seed for you, like, oh, personal <laughs> development, you know, you love it. And you were resistant to it. I was, I, I, I was, I was a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like I said, I, I found my way into the world of Rachel Hollis and Dave Hollis, and they opened my world up to the Amy Porterfields and and Mylettes and the Brendan Bruchards and now Kern Lima and all these people. They've opened up this gateway of education on a level I never, ever understood. And I did. I took a big chance. I took a big chance yeah. to sign up for Rise um, because it, I mean, it takes your time, which is one of your most precious commodities and money. I mean, mm. I took time off work. I had to pay for the flight to Toronto and the hotel and, and to go to this thing and put myself out there. And it could not have come at a better time. Little did I know after that coffee with you, two days later, the world would shut down. I still remember it. I just got goosebumps over my whole entire body. And yeah, it was like one of the last times that I was out. Actually, it was the last time I was out in public uh, carefree. Yeah. And I, and I came to you with my binder of all my notes and I was like shaking with so much excitement because you are one of the very few people in my life that truly understands the value of personal development, mm -hmm. right? You really get it. You understand it. You understand the purpose of it. I mean, I've had all the comments as I'm sure you, oh, you've joined a cult yeah. oh. <laughs> and, and, and all the things, right? And I have, I've gotten all the comments and you truly understand the value of taking this time to yourself, getting to know yourself, finding out your weaknesses and learning how to tackle those. And then also identifying your, your strengths and how to even elevate them even more. And personal development has been a lifesaver for me, uh, really and truly. It has introduced me to uh, some of my closest confidants. And mm -hmm. it's also reconnected me with people like you included um, on the value of constantly, continuously learning. If you're not growing, you're dying. Yes. Every day I grow a little because of podcasts, because of books. The last year I've been a part of three book launches. That's amazing. So I've really in, immersed myself in this world. And uh, in the last year and a bit with COVID, I mean, there's been some hiccups, no doubt. And to go from a room of 3,000 women mm -hmm. in the of Toronto, literally on Sunday, March 8th, I was skating in Nathan Phillips Square, downtown Toronto with hundreds of people, just got out of a 3,000-person conference, flew back to Newfoundland, for meetings for work, sat down, had a coffee with you, went back on a Thursday and Friday, my son got out of school and didn't go back that year. Wow. It was a whirlwind of a week. And to be honest, if I didn't have rise right before that, 
COVID would have been a lot harder on me. Oh, I agree 100%. And actually very early um, in the pandemic, I wrote a blog and it was called, this isn't my first quarantine. And I talked about I, rem- I remember reading it. Yeah. Yeah. And I talked about, you know, going through my hardships and that was my first quarantine. And I remember Dave Hollis, he said at one point, I think it was him anyway, that it's the habits that you learn when things are going great um, that help you during the times that when things are not. Now he said it way better than I did, but <laughs> it's all about the things that you do on a daily basis when things are easy. That's where you develop the grit and the resilience to overcome these big obstacles. And I truly believe that if I didn't have personal development, I would not have been able to overcome all of the many, 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 many hurdles that I've had to overcome. Me too. I wish I had personal development earlier, right? Earlier in my life. Because I mean, you know, again, we've been friends for, I'm 37. So for 37 years, basically, (laughs) uh, you know, the hardships that I've gone through. Like I've dealt with friends committing suicide. I've dealt with anxiety and depression. I've dealt with miscarriage. I've dealt with my parents divorcing. Life throws some hard things at you. And I wish I had personal development sooner to have helped me cope through that so much sooner. And I wouldn't have been so alone through some of those things. I could not agree more. You know, you said something earlier about personal development opening up a new world to you. And I feel that, I mean, we are the product of our environment. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, we're doing what we know. But there comes a point where you take ownership in your learning. And when you understand that there's things bigger and better out there for you, it legit opens up a brand new world for you you know, different possibilities, different opportunities, the way you think about yourself, the way you learn, like there's just so much information at our fingertips that we kind of shut off with the fear of the unknown. It's overwhelming sometimes because like I do get a little overwhelmed because there's so much content coming at me now that I've opened myself to this world and trying to keep up with all the webinars and all the podcasts and all the books, because you're trying to find those mentors that connect with you. Yeah. And even when some people go against the mentors that you personally connect with, yeah. sometimes people don't support your mentors or people in your life just don't get what it is you're doing. And, and it's just because you're growing. And that's been scary too, because you don't want to outgrow your life uh, if you have loved ones in it. But sometimes you just got to expand. You got to just yeah. grow. And one of the things that I have learned very early when I started therapy um, I didn't start therapy till after I had my son and I didn't have postpartum. It wasn't until, and it's very ironic. It wasn't until after I had my son and I was home with him for a year and I went back to work that I suffered. And I realized that I've had anxiety all this time. It just never classified as anxiety. It was classified as, again, as high strung. And I had a hard time after I went back for the simple fact of, I am very passionate and ambitious and I wanted to give a hundred percent. So when I was at work, I was 100%. And then when I was home with Riley, I was able to give him 100% because he was my only focus. When I went back to work and wanted to do 100% for both, well, we don't have Didn't to do it. Give. No, that's right. We, right? We don't, ha- we don't have it. We empty our cup so fast. We do. And you can't pour from an empty cup. We all hear that all the time. And it wasn't until then that I burnt out so quick because I was trying to be at those high performance levels for both of those things. And you can't do it. You can't do it. You have to adjust. You have to shift your focus. You have to have some work-life balance. You have to prioritize and you can't do it all. And if you can't do it all, you have to be okay with letting things go, 
which is probably one of the hardest things that I have to do as a two yeah. is let things go. Um, but also delegate. And, yes, and you, that's and my and new utilize, favorite word. <laughs> and utilize your network and yeah. and pass things on. Like, and I hate saying no. I do. Even to this day, I hate saying no. But sometimes I got to. You do. Yeah. Sometimes you got to. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, there's, there's not. Some people might be disappointed in you and stuff like that. But at the same time, um, you, you're the one that has to look in the mirror every day. Exactly. And, and you know what? Like, I, I, I have to leave something for myself. I have to leave yeah. something for my son. I have to leave something for my loved ones. And too, I can't be giving it all away all yeah. the time. And one of the biggest things I learned from therapy was she gave me um, a link to a video that stuck with me so bad that I ended up getting a tattoo about it. And I don't know if you've seen this no. video. It comes from the strangest place. It's actually a Medea skit. It's Tyler Perry dressed up as Medea. And he's talking about people coming and going from your life. And you have to treat people like they're parts of a tree. Like I said, it comes from the strangest place. I get it. I see your face. You're like, <laughs> no, no, I want to know more. Like, tell me more about it. So basically they're saying that people that come into your life are like parts of a tree. Some people are only supposed to be around for a season. You're supposed to come and go and that's okay. There are other people that are more like branches, which stick around for a little bit longer. But if you put too much weight or you put too much emphasis on it, they can break and they can let you down. You need to focus on your roots because they are what give you life. And you need to identify who those people are in your life that are your roots. And that stuck with me so bad that I actually got a tattoo of a tree to carry with me every day so that I can keep that with me because I was famous for giving everybody 100% and not everybody deserves 100%. That is such good advice. Oh, and it's so true because I believe that we're taught at some point in our life that it's selfish to take care of ourselves, that the way to be a good person is to give all of you. And we have to change that narrative. Especially if you're a mom, especially like that's even more. I mean, I know you're a stepmom and, and I mean, I have Riley, um, but we get that even more when, when we're a mom and that you're not supposed to have anything for yourself. And listen, take care of yourself, takes care of your family. It does. Yeah. So sometimes, and, and my son is, is uh, fantastic. He is the greatest kid ever. He's super smart. And he, he gets it. And I'm teaching him by taking care of myself. I'm teaching him by example. Yes, exactly. Mom just needs to go do a workout right now. Mom is just going to go have a hot shower. Mom's going to do a face mask. Mom's going to do grown up time. And sometimes he gets upset. And I said, listen, I will absolutely play with you. We will have our time. Just right now, mom just needs a minute. Yeah. And it's okay to take that minute. It is. And I didn't, I, I wasn't good at that at the beginning, but again, this is just one of the many, many things that personal development has taught me. So yeah, so back, there's a couple of things that you said that I kind of want to recircle to. Um, one of the things you said was the investment that you made in yourself. Talking to a lot of my clients uh, and a lot of other women and, and other people who are looking to dip their toes into personal development I always hear the word, well, I can't afford it right now. Or, you know what? Like, I need to get this done instead. I need to get that done. And they keep putting themselves on the back burner. Um, What advice do you have to give in taking that step of investing in yourself? It doesn't have to be to go to a RISE conference like you, but investing in yourself. How important is that? And how can our listeners start that process? I mean, there's so many free resources out there that you can take advantage of. I mean, there's so many podcasts and audiobooks and 
and live workshops and stuff like that, especially in the time of COVID. I mean, all these personal development gurus have had to pivot. So what I do while I'm working hard on either editing or with my farming clients, I got podcasts on in my ear. Yes. You're, those are times when I'm doing dishes and cooking supper, having that information, having that those words in the air around you, you do absorb it. And mm-hmm. not everybody can read audiobooks uh, or listen to audiobooks. I love an audiobook. Um, and I use the Libby app, which are free. And like I said, podcasts. And it's investing time in, in a way, like you're still doing what you need to do in terms of your job, but you're still you're still learning. You're not listening. There's no dead air around you. Like, I mean, you can listen to music all day long and that could fuel your soul, but not as much as listening to a yeah. Rachel Hollis podcast, an Ed Milet, a Brendan Bruchard, a Rob Dial, a Gina Keeping podcast. Because <laughs> um, that will fuel your soul. And once you start kind of absorbing that and then you can take the next steps and that is free groups on Facebook and Clubhouse now. Gina, I don't even know. Are you on Clubhouse? No, I haven't went on Clubhouse yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I've had great conversations with people on there. Um, There's all these free communities. And like I said, I know not everybody can do a rise, right? Um, But there is so much free content out there. You just got, like, I used to drive across the province, as you know, with my job at least once a month. Uh, not COVID times, but so I haven't been to St. John <laughs> since our meeting, since we got together. Um, oh, I had over a year ago. <laughs> over a year ago. But instead of listening to the same 10 songs on the radio when I'm making that eight hour drive, mm-hmm. do you realize how many podcasts I get through in that length yeah. of time? How much education I give myself in those eight hours? I can either mm-hmm. listen to a full audio book or I could have listened to eight, nine podcasts at that point. And I'm taking it in because it's me with myself and my thoughts. I'm driving. I'm doing something productive. I'm getting from point A to point B, but I'm taking that time and making that active choice. You have to actively choose to have this in your life, right? It's so easy to be like, oh, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. But there's times in our life where we can be, or we're just sitting there instead of spending hours and hours on Instagram or watching I mean, and I watch my Hallmark movies. Anybody knows (laughs) what a huge Hallmark movie fan I am. But like I said, when I'm packing up clothes, when I'm working, I have podcasts going and I'm educating myself that way. And then if there's a topic that I want to know more of, there's so many resources that we utilize. So that's that would be my first step is just open yourself up to the idea and find time in your day where you're doing something where you can, instead of listening to music, start with a podcast. And not every podcast is going to be for you. No, that's right. Just pick what you can find for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like me and you, we have two different mentors and that's fine. You're a big Tony Robbins. I'm a huge Rachel Hollis and Dave Hollis fan. And doesn't mean anything bad about one or the other. It's just, they speak to you a little bit more. That's right. right. I mean, they all say a lot of the same things. Mm hmm. Right. Oh, they, they do. do. It's it's they, it, they put their own spin on it. Like they put their this, own spin on it, yeah. but they're all saying the same thing. They're not yeah. nobody is reinventing the wheel. It's just yeah. how they deliver it and how they present it to their community is different. I agree. And, can, and Tony connects with you more, and Rachel and, and yeah. them connect with me a little bit now, more. Now I I'm enjoying Dave so much lately. Like at first, I know you are. You know, like. Okay, Dave, Dave Hollis, I'm coming for you. Like, I'm going to be on your podcast and you're going to be on mine. Absolutely. <laughs> I wrote Dave and I told him that. And I told you that I did that because yeah. I have talked to Dave. I met Dave at Rise. I've talked to Dave yeah. a few times since. 
um, through video, either during his live or he sent me a message because, again, I've supported what they've done. I've talked to him a couple of times and I did. And I told you that I wrote him and said I could actually read the the message that I sent to Dave. That was very much I said helping my friend with her dream. And I sent and I did. And I sent it to him. And like I had just talked to him in March because it was the one year anniversary of Rise. And he's he's like, I can't believe that's been one year. Yeah. So he is great because he really connects with people. But not only that, but I feel he is so authentic. I really resonate with people who are authentic, but kind, you know, and I don't know, there's just something about him and his desire to help so many people. Like, I really, 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 really love everything he stands for. Well, the thing is, is we've been growing with him. We've been watching him grow. He was. I think that's it. I think that's it. You know. he literally, he was a skeptic. I got his book right here. Yeah. Um, he was a skeptic and we've watched him grow. Yeah. And we grow right? with him. Yeah. And I, I love that, you know, he's vulnerable. Like he shares the messy bits and oh I think gosh. that allows him to really connect with his audience. So Dave exactly. Hollis, he, you'll probably never listen to this, but I'm coming for you. <laughs> I will send it to him. I promise you right now, I will send this to him and I will try my best to get him to, to hear it. But he has been great. He has been fantastic he's always connected like at rise he stood there and met as many people as he could i gave him a little pin from newfoundland and uh, and yeah and then you know how he does his runs and he does lives yeah i don't know how he does that but anyways and i showed him the snow and like i said we've talked a few times and uh, he's been fantastic i have to say he and the fact that we've been able to watch him grow because it's like rachel and tony just showed up and they're they are who they are but we've been able to watch dave during his journey not only before the divorce but now after and and to watch him go through a very rough time watching both of them go through a rough time very differently and uh, to watch him grow like he doesn't even look like the same person no i met (laughs) i met a year ago that we're having a conversation about people we don't even know. <laughs> but it's like, oh, yeah, no. we know that. You know, it's, it's just so funny with social media. But, that, but that's the thing. But yeah. he's made it like that. He's made that connection yes. with his community. He doesn't seem unattainable. He doesn't seem yeah. unapproachable. He is one of the most down-to-earth people. And that's like Trent Shelton. Like, I met, I yeah. met Trent. He was very similar and very down-to-earth and very zen. And Dave is, just as you see him, he like, <laughs> vibrates with energy. And he's this big, you could tell he's a big, tall guy and he yeah. is, but he's, he just comes off as so warm and caring. And that's yes. the thing. And that's the thing. We find mentors that connect with you. I can't connect with anybody that's cold, right? No, or I'm, I'm hard or too yeah. aggressive and stuff like yeah. that. And I recently did an event and Tony was there and yeah. that was the first time. And Tony was sat down. He was sat down. down. Tony was sat down. It was the Jamie Kern Lima event for the launch of her book, Believe It, which I was on her book team. I was on her book launch team. And Tony was sat down and they just had a conversation. Yeah. And it's the first time that I really, really connected with Tony because Tony, as you know, is is stood up and he's this big guy. And I have found him a little intimidating. You connect with that because you've always been that type of person too. You were always very athletic and very go and very aggressive when it comes to, to that sort of thing. Like, ever since we yeah. were young kids, right? Yeah. I mean, you with soccer and, and everything, like when we were younger and all the sports and that wasn't me, I was a little bit more uh, laid back. I was a little bit more of a, of a bookworm and, and stuff like that. But I actually connected with Tony because he was sat down and he seemed more human to me. 
And right? I could understand why people on the outside might get that from him, but like I've done so many trainings and attended exactly. so many, like he has the biggest heart. And like I saw, this, and that was the first time that I ever saw that oh. was at that event. I, like I had heard stories. You have told me stories, yeah. but like when I watched his Netflix thing and stuff like that, he just, he, yeah, that didn't do him justice. It showed like bits and pieces of him, but legit, um, that man has changed my life. I would not be here having this conversation with you today if it wasn't for him. Um, I, so I want to just uh, circle back to the rise conference. Yeah. Um, what would you say if you had to pick, um, three main takeaways from Rise that you brought back here to Newfoundland. Oh my with God, you. you're gonna kill me. <laughs> well, you can share more, but get, give our listeners at least three strategies, tips, tools, things that you still do today, or maybe they were golden nuggets that you learned. That oh. you know what, like you're here today, and they have helped you become the person you are. So Rise is broken up into it's a three day conference, and it's broken up into three things. First day is your past, and then is your present, and then it's your future. So there's different exercises every day. Okay. Mm. The first day on past, there's this exercise called, and it was the most heartbreaking things that I've ever experienced. It's called stand up for your sister. So basically, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I showed this to you, I believe, when we got together because I said it wasn't one of the most profound things. Mm -hmm. So we were given a list of all the things that you could have gone through in your life, all the ugly, and you had to check off what you have been through. Then you folded it up and then it got passed around the room. Your name wasn't on it and it got passed and passed and passed to the point that you no longer knew where your list was. So then they went through the list one by one from up on stage. They went through your list. And if that piece of paper that you had in your hand, which was no longer yours, it was somebody else's in the room. If they had that checked off, you stood up for them on their behalf. If you have been raped, if you had had a miscarriage, if you had the death of a family member, if you have a life-threatening disease, all these things. Like, I have goosebumps talking about this. Oh, I do too. Like, everywhere. It was so profound. You're in a room with 3,000 people and naive. I saw some of these things on the list and I'm thinking, nobody in here has gone through this. And when you actually went through and you had to see the people that stood up for those that have been sexually assaulted, physically abused. And they weren't standing up for themselves. They were standing up for their sister that was in the room. And we're talking hundreds of people would stand up at a time for each one of these topics. It was powerful. It was heartbreaking because we always think that we got it so hard. And there were some things on that list that I checked off that absolutely have been hard on me, uh-huh. but everybody has a story and it's not always a happy ending. We're all trying to get a happy ending because we put ourselves in that room to try to work towards a happy ending, but we've all been through hurdles. You've been through hurdles and which I'm aware of, and I've been through hurdles and to see other people stand up. It was like a me too thing, but also it was a heartbreaking thing to see how we are in this time in our life, in this world, and some of these things are still happening. But also in a lens that you're not alone, like that must have been like such a relief, knowing the items that you checked off and then seeing the women stand up and going, I'm not alone. Like that must have been powerful. Somebody else was standing up for my story. Yeah. Oh, right. Somebody else is standing up for my story. Somebody else was representing me and standing on my behalf. And I don't know who it was. 
because I mean, you're talking 3000, it got passed around, passed around, but that person was willing to stand up for me. That's amazing. So that was one of the biggest things. Um, and then on the present day, we had to really strip down and try to get rid of all the negative. And we worked with a partner and, um, we took on the pseudonyms of JLo and Beyonce because we had, because we had to be, we, we were putting our best selves forward and we had to write a list of all of our great attributes yeah. and give it to our partner. And they had to read all of our good attributes back to us. I love that. So that was very profound as well, because it was like, okay, what happened in our past happened in our past. It, it's a part of our story, but it doesn't define us. And I say yeah. that all the time about my anxiety and my depression. Um, the other day I had a hard day and I had it up on my Instagram right now. I'm going to sit in my self pity and that's okay. I know the yeah. tips and tricks to get out of this, but right now I'm yeah. going to take a minute, but I know the tips and the tricks to yeah. come out of it. But you and- know what, Crystal, I think it's so important to actually sit with it because mm-hmm. we have been taught and, you know, sometimes personal development gets this bit of a, you know, a bad hype in the fact that it's all positive. No, like, part of personal development is sitting with the heavy shit and going, okay, let me look at this. Let me just, let me feel it. Because if we keep trying to push it away, it's going to resurface. So I think by you taking that day the other day and letting yourself feel it, like you've then implemented the next day, the tips and tools, you didn't stay in it. No, you felt it. You let yourself ruminate. And you know what? You had good reason to be sad and sad as a human emotion. <laughs> I drank the sangria. No, <laughs> <laughs> then we drank the sangria and we went from there. But who, you know, <laughs> yeah, but, but that's the thing. So the first day was about basically validating what we've been through. Yeah. And then the next day was how do we stand here today? Given everything we've been through. Yeah. Where do we stand? What are the great things? So that was really great as well. And then the third day was getting the tips and tricks on planning uh, your future and how where where do you want to go from here? You've acknowledged what you've been through. You acknowledge where you are now. Where do we go to from here? I so those were the three big nuggets was like, you, you can't get away from your past. No. You have to acknowledge yeah. it. It doesn't need to define you. It doesn't need to weigh you down. You acknowledge it. It's a part of your story, but it's not your whole story. It's not your whole identity. Yeah. Uh, but even with all that bad, Presently, there's still a lot of good. I'm still standing. You're still standing. And what do we stand for? And getting that clarity. And then the next day was, okay, now with that clarity, where do we go to from here? And we were given the tools and tricks on that. But outside of that, my favorite story was Chris Chandler, who is Rachel's hype guy. You've seen this video, I I think. I love him, yeah. (laughs) Chris Chandler coming up. Most of the music that was done there was Canadian artists and they were had us all singing. Chris Chandler coming up and put on a microphone in my face and me having to sing Justin Bieber baby in front of 3000 women and men. There was like one man there and everybody knew his name. It was Kyle. Because every time they come out, they're like, hello, ladies and Kyle. Uh, That's great. Like that, like he supported his his girlfriend or whatever. But no, that was one of the funny stories was the and just the people I got to meet. I mean, some of my most favorite people in the entire world. Um, there's five of us that went from Newfoundland. I met them all. Um, two of them were on the plane with me and my friend went up and there was another girl in St. John's. All great people. But the people that I met, like one of my closest girlfriends now, she's in the States and she is one of my closest confidants. She actually went and got a tattoo while we were up there. I was hoping to get one too. There wasn't enough time. Um, so like we've really connected with those people. So the friendships that I got to meet in the community 
that I got to hold dear. Nice. Um, I actually, it's funny you said that about meeting new people. I actually have a rule. Um, Whenever I travel to a personal development conference, um, I have to go by myself or whoever I go with, I make it quite clear that I want them to have their own unique experience and don't want to rely on each other and keep us comfortable. I get that. Every single personal development conference uh, training, whatever I went to, I went by myself and it gave me such a unique experience because it forced me to go outside of my comfort zone and to really, really meet new people and just learn as much as I possibly could learn. Um, I do have one more question in terms of the RISE conference, in terms of before you went to now, what things do you do differently today that you did not do prior to RISE conference, like your daily actions or habits? My gosh. There's a, there's, there's a lot. I mean, some of it has come in phases. I haven't been the greatest at the journal, and I will say that, but I definitely have focused on manifesting for sure. I listen to meditations at night as I go to sleep to help me manifest. I'm not the greatest Zen person. I'm sure <laughs> if, if somebody was to ask you to describe me, knowing me for so long, you would not say I'm Zen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not a meditation person, but I, but because of rise, I did give it a chance. Um, I definitely am more self-aware after rise. I I can identify what the issues are so much better because of the tools that rise gave me. Doesn't mean that there's still not days that I fall down. Believe me. Oh my God. We all do. We all do. (laughs) But my rebound is so much faster now. My rebound is so much stronger now because I know the tips and tricks. I know when it's appropriate to sit in it. I know when it's appropriate to shake it off. Again, the self-awareness is probably Mm. the biggest thing that I, before rise versus after rise is just the information and the conversations and the tools that I was given um, just made me be a much more self-aware and identify the issues and work through them in a straighter line. Mm-hmm. than in previous, right? Not trying to do everything at once because I yeah. am bad for that. I want to get from A to Z like that. And while I still need a roadmap in life, I don't work well in the abyss as I call it, right? Yeah. I, I need to have a starting point and an end point. But now I know that A to Z comes with B, C, D, E, and F. Yeah, and the steps. The yeah. steps. And I wasn't the greatest at that. I'm like, no, I need to do this. And I need to complete this in 0.2 seconds. <laughs> and if I don't do it, I fail. That's no, right. there yeah. are steps to big dreams. There's steps to little dreams yeah. and everything takes time. And it's a marathon, not a sprint. I absolutely love that. Oh my goodness. Like I could talk to you about rise all freaking day, <laughs> um, but I do want to make a little bit of a shift because I know a lot of our listeners are uh, business owners they yep. have to do, um, you know, marketing, got to put ourselves out there in a world of social media. A lot of us rely on Instagram, on Facebook to actually grow our business, to get recognized, to stand out again, you know, with our niche. Um, if you were to give us like three tools on how to um, enhance our marketing, um, what would they be? Okay. So we're going to switch hats. I'm taking my personal development hat <laughs> off. I'm putting my, my marketer hat on. Okay. So the number one would be don't always be hard selling. Oh, There's yeah. some businesses that are out there that's like, buy from me. Every, every post is buy from me, buy from me, buy from me. Don't do that. You will turn people off, mm-hmm. right? You have to spread that out. Tell your story. 
Yeah. What is the process? Like you sell workshops, you sell trainings and stuff like that, but you show the process of you developing that. You show yourself taking care of yourself with your own personal development and going for your runs with your dog and your husband and stuff like that. So you're showing your story. People want to connect. You're living what you're teaching, mm, right? I love that. And the connection is coming up again. The connection. The, connection, connect. is coming up, the connection is coming up again. Yeah. So don't be hard selling all the time is number one. Uh, make sure that the way that you want people to connect with you is a reliable way. And the reason oh. I say that is because I have clients um, in the agricultural world who don't use email who want you to call them, but they live in rural areas. Oh, and people are, so when they call, it's in a not great cell phone service area. So it's almost as bad as giving a wrong number as in giving them a number that they can't connect with you or giving them an email address that you don't use, mm-hmm. right? Oh, that's a really good piece of advice. The way that you want people to connect with you has to be the way that you want them to connect. And it can't be something oh, I forgot, I haven't checked that email forever or I haven't checked or I'm in a bad cell phone service. They're only going to call so many times. Unfortunately, time is your most precious commodity. And if a client has to call you a couple times in order to get a hold of you, they might not keep coming back. They want easy. They want Mm -hmm. convenience because they're taking the time to reach out to you. And if you don't reach out to them in a efficient manner, if your process is not efficient, people don't have patience anymore. That's so true. Actually, I just, I was helping a client with this the other day, but the way you're saying it is so much clearer, but um, with social media, like we have like an Instagram account, um, we're having, you know, Facebook account, LinkedIn, Clubhouse, like there are so many accounts to be on. Mm-hmm. And what I got my client to do the other day was she didn't use her Facebook account often. So in her Facebook business page, we had a link, uh, you know, like the, the automatic reply that said, um, I only check my email. So this is the email. So directed to them. So uh, a coach of mine uh, recommended that and I shared it with my client. So it was just such a good way to show your people who you're connecting with how to reach you. Yeah. Because it's it's so easy to get lost in all the forms of communication that we're trying to do. It is. It absolutely is. There's so many different ways. And uh, especially like with Instagram, if I'm not following them, for example, it goes into my others. On Instagram. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes people can get lost in there, right? So you have to make sure that your systems are set up so that you're getting the client and you can reply back to them in a quick and efficient manner. Because in consistent manner. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you will lose them because time is more yeah. precious than money. They might want to give you their money all day long, but if they can't get a hold of you, they're only going to try so many times. No, right. Great piece so of make advice. sure your processes are set up so that your clients are getting to you and you're getting back to them. I love that. And the third one, oh my gosh, there's so many great things that I could talk about. And you can marketing. give more than three if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've talked about telling your story. We've talked about setting up your processes. Customer service, focusing on customer service. And, and when people hear marketing, they think, oh, that's just your ads and that's just your stuff like that. No. Marketing is actually, by definition, is everything somebody can experience with your business. It's the paint colors on your walls. It's everything that they can touch. Your Zoom screen right now, this is how you talk to clients. What you have on the back of your walls there, that's Mm -hmm. a part of your marketing. It is. Yep. It is a part of your marketing, (laughs) right? So, but that's the thing. Like anything anybody can experience has to work within your brand. You're creating a brand, right? 
So everything that anybody experiences with that. So customer service is so important. I always say you can have the best photos in the world, but if somebody has a crummy experience, that's what they're going to remember, mm-hmm. right? On their wedding day, if you're stressing your bride out or anything like that, or you're saying, look like this or do very awkward poses, something that they're not comfortable with. Even when I'm working with kids here in the studio, they need to be comfortable, mm-hmm. right? Because if they're sitting there crying, that's all the mom is going to remember. So really focusing on the customer experience helps build your brand. Because word of mouth will always be your top form of advertising, of marketing. It's just word of mouth now is online. It's on social media. Mm -hmm. So they have a lot more access to a bigger group to be able to say if they've had a good experience or if they've had a bad one. That is very true. And the last little piece I will say is I encourage every business to be online Mm -hmm. because People are having conversations about your business or your services or your industry. And if you're not online, you're not a part of the conversation. So you need to be a part of the conversation, right? Love that. So whether it's good, bad, or ugly, you need to be a part of the conversation. Now, everybody needs to understand that there are some trolls out there and there's some people you're never going to, to get them on board and get them to understand they're against your business or they're against what you do. And I mean, we deal with that in agriculture. You deal with mm-hmm. that in personal development. Again, the cult, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right? And that's the thing. But you have to be a part of the conversation so you can debunk the myths, so you can show your story, so you can have those conversations and get people understanding what it is that you do, showing what you do in that authenticity. I mean, people can't argue with that. You are who you are. And you have to be online to have those conversations um, mm. so that you can help educate on what is going on in your uh, industry yeah. and what it is you do. You don't want people out there telling your story. Yeah, you want to be telling your story. You want to be telling your story and you need to be online Ooh, for that. I love that. Ooh, well, look at that. All those gold nuggets. <laughs> um, thank you so much for all of your wisdom, all of your gold nuggets, all of your tips, your stories, everything. Um, But before we do clear up, you know me really well. So, you know, I can't leave a podcast all serious. (laughs) Yeah, people don't know. Me and Gina have known each other. We've been college roommates, like the the whole thing. So so if anybody wants any stories, come find me. (laughs) Oh, you can tell a few. Um, So we're going to do some rapid fire questions. So it's exactly as it indicates. The first Mm -hmm. thing that comes to your mind you got to say it. I'm going to get myself in so much trouble here. <laughs> oh, this is going to yeah. be some fun. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Who is your favorite Spice Girl? Uh, baby. Nachos or tacos? Nachos. A nickname you used to have or still have? Uh, Chris. If you could travel back in time, where would you go? Back to London. I thought you were going to say like roommates or something back in the <laughs> we had some good times <laughs> we, we we had some good times but it was also a tough time for me as, as you know yes. it was a tough time for you actually like we went through a lot that first year of university did we ever right now look at us look at us now, now. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um who's your favorite harry potter character I actually have never read a Harry Potter book in my life. I or, cannot believe the amount of people who come on this podcast and have not listened or watched Harry Potter. I have never. And the only reason I watched Lord of the Rings movies was to impress a boy. <laughs> my mind is blown by this. I, I, I don't even know. Like, I know there's a Harry and there's a girl. 
uh, Hermione or Hermione? Perfect. <laughs> sure. I have never watched. Yeah. Oh, anyway. You would like her. Um, sunrise or sunset? Sunset. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> What's your go-to order from your favorite restaurant? Sangrias. <laughs> <laughs> right now, sangria. No, uh, Boston Pizza, the Bandera bread is... Oh, my sister-in-law actually was the first person to introduce me to that. Mm, amazing. Yeah. What is your favorite word? Love. What's your go-to song? Depending on my mood, okay? So if I'm sad, it's a stain song um, called Fade. So like when I'm yeah. really down and I just want to be in my feelings, that yeah. song from Break the Cycle, 20 years later, is still one of my favorite. And then when I want to be in a good mood, is uh the ceiling can't hold us oh i love that one and that she plays that so that's one of the things that they do at rise whenever she wants to get the energy yeah she gets her dj asan to put it on it's actually my ringtone on my phone is rachel saying one or five four three two one she does the mel robbins thing. yes and, she smell and and that's what they do and the ceiling can't hold us so whenever i want to be in a good oh. mood riley knows all right we're dancing <laughs> i love it i love it i love it um, if you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? You're asking me the most unathletic person. And but it doesn't know- have to be a sport. It could be fake. It could be a fake one. Um, photography. There you go. There if go. you could change your name, what would it be? Gosh. Um, Beyonce. No. <laughs> no, yes. Um, no. Yes. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> um, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Uh, read minds. Texting or talking? Talking. Morning or night person? Night. Describe yourself in three words. Ambitious, passionate, loving. If you were stranded on a tropical island and you could only take two things with you, you already have essentials, what would they be? Books and Riley. Tea or a latte? Well, I only drink decaf, so latte. I'm not a tea person. At all. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Eat out or dine in? Eat out. Climb a mountain or jump from a plane? Climb a mountain. If you were really hungry, would you eat a bug? No. (laughs) Are you spontaneous or do you like to plan things? I'm a planner. And would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Any language. Oh, no, uh, no, because my dog, no, I like to know what my dog has to say. Yeah, no, change my mind, yeah, talk to animals. <laughs> I'll, I'll be a Dr. Doolittle, not a problem. I, I, I would love to be Dr. Doolittle. Um, and then the last question, a little bit more serious, but what's the best piece of advice you have ever gotten that you wish you knew earlier? Can't fill from an empty cup. Absolutely, God, that would save so many of us, huh? <laughs> Well, Crystal, this has been absolutely amazing and I'm so grateful for our friendship and I'm so grateful for you and I want more people to be in contact with you. So where can people find you on the social media and on the web? (laughs) Um, If you're looking for someone to connect with on personal development size, then it's Crystal Anderson Bags. If you're interested in talking about photography, then it's Ruru Photo uh, on Instagram and then Ruru Photography on Facebook. Awesome. Crystal, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm super excited that you're in my life and so glad that we're on this journey together. So thank you. And before we go, do you have one last gold nugget that you would like to leave with our listeners? Be you and you will attract people, like-minded people and people are supposed to be in your circle. And again, I will go back to the tree thing. 
in really understanding um, how people are supposed to be in your life. Well, thank you again so much. I'm going to have to get you back on for a second one. And you're amazing. I'm in. in. (laughs) Thank you so much, Crystal. Anytime, G. Thank you. Do you struggle with limiting thoughts yourself? Maybe you are experiencing the imposter syndrome where you don't believe in yourself and your business and your negative reel is really holding you back. If so, I have a free resource for you. Head to the show notes and click on the link to get it. I promise you it will help you and therefore will help your business as well. If you're new to the podcast, thank you for being here. And if you haven't left a five-star review, please do so. I would really, really appreciate it. And if you or someone you know would love to be a guest on the Keeping Real podcast, check out the show notes as well and let's get you on the show. Hope you have the best day and thanks for keeping it real.